Okay, hello everyone. Um, my name is, well, this is Lauren. Um, let me just be casual. <laughs> um, my name is Lauren and I wrote a short story called People Are Like Waves. Um, and I'm really excited to do this audio version of the story. Um, and hopefully it'll just spice up more of what my colorful Nana means to me. Um, I'm sure you will understand more of the story once I get into it, but it is a story about religion, identity, sexuality, um, and my experience uh, living here uh, in Senegal as the person that I am. So uh, thank you for listening, and I really do hope that you enjoy. People are like whips by Lauren Stockman Brown. I love you, I reassured him. I care for you deeply, Bubakar explained. I want you to be the best version of yourself, and if your higher power is calling you to make this decision, then I will choose for us. Please, just, just let me wait until after Ramadan. I'm, I'm gonna decide after Ramadan. No. The universe that I believe in told me to never pressure adult people to do the things that they don't wanna do. If someone would like to share energy with me, or you, then the most meaningful energy will be felt when both parties actually want to be there. I smiled at my dear friend. I remembered our ice cream trips, adventures to the movies in Senegal, and his unwavering belief in my inner power to become everything I've always wanted to be. I simultaneously felt a gash of his absence and a calming sensation that came in waves. People are like waves, I thought to myself. People are like waves, I reminded myself. People are like waves. I comforted the part of myself that aches when the people I love leave, move on, break up, divorce, remarry, die, or for whatever reason, just choose to walk away. Four weeks earlier. I don't understand. How could you not believe in the essence that made the sun set and rise, brought life to grass, and provided our world with energy and light? I laughed at Bubakar's comments. I loved the way we could laugh and jump into an esoteric conversation about his version of God in his purest form. I loved the way we ate ice cream and found hope in each other's view of existence. I genuinely liked how different he was than me, even when it was difficult to understand. I loved that difficulty. I thrived in the complexities of his thought and found life when he disagreed with me. He would look at me strangely as if I were a risk to his belief and faith, and in its essence, I am, and I was. I identify as non-binary, and I like women, men, and everything in between. I treat my femininity like drag, and I have a well-groomed habit of oversharing. I talk about the women I adore like a hopeless romantic caught in the rain. I tend to push buttons if, if I feel safe. I find awkwardness and confinement, so I do whatever is necessary to make myself and others feel unique. I think that Bubakar truly enjoyed this side of me. I think Bubakar knew how to live in this version of life with me, this duplicity of thought and multiplicity of feeling. I think we helped each other feel more alive and simultaneously confuse one another with our systems of living. Just because God made the sun doesn't mean I'm gonna suck his dick for it. I laughed and looked at my friend in the driver's seat waiting for him to laugh along with me. Oh, to no one's surprise, he did not find that comment funny. He seemed to be acting a bit guilty. I think this is the moment when everything changed for us. I think he began to look at me differently, not the typical look of strangeness he used to give me that I've also grown to adore. It was more so 
disappointment, guilt by association per se. And I think I only now understand how deeply that comment might have touched whatever it is inside of his soul that brings him life. I, I don't even know how to process that comment. Like my brain doesn't even know how to compute those words, Bubakar Stambert. Oh shit, I'm so sorry, I really didn't mean to. I was just kidding. And I think I just forgot where I am, Dakar, Senegal, and I just got caught up because we were making jokes and laughing together and you kept pressuring me about religion and God and, and, and I'm sorry if I made that weird. No, no, it's, it's okay. I was just really caught off guard. I, I think I've just never heard anyone say that before. I continued to smell the skin of my clementine, hoping it would ground me back into a situation that felt more familiar. I love the clementines in Senegal. They're perfectly round, juicy, seedless, and they smell so alluring. Ah, the perfect distraction, I thought. And to no avail, as the energy in our space was tainted, tainted by my carelessness and wording, littered by my deep-seated connection to not liking when people tell me what to do, exposed by the reality of my sexuality and most religions being considered a sin. And if I were in that situation again, I wouldn't say what I said exactly how I said it, but my belief and thoughts would remain the same because the universe that I believe in is not one I will likely ever choose to worship. Unfortunately, I think my genuine candidness truly hurt my friend's feelings. Eight weeks earlier. Yeah, so I'm going to the movies tonight, Bubakar said, as he slowly looked up from his computer screen. The movies, I love the movies, and I miss popcorn very much, so mm, sounds amazing. Oh, well, do you want to come with me? I mean, we can invite your other friends too, if you like to, and um, I'm pretty sure tonight's movie is in English, so... I mean, I was going to do some research today, but, but, but okay, yes, I would love to. This is, this is going to be fun. All right, amazing. And we can get ice cream before too. I know a spot. Sounds perfect. Cool. So just come to my office around 5 p.m. and then we'll head out together. I don't even like sweets. I usually skip dessert and I choose to force feed myself cake on my birthday. I like that it makes my friends happy. I like that they like cake. So I decidedly convinced myself that I would try Bubakar's ice cream spot. Even if we were going to eat dessert before dinner, I roll. I could step out of my detailed routine and anxiety-inducing regimen today. Just for today, I thought. Plus, I love making new friends. So I went to get ice cream at least once or twice a week for the next two months. For the company, I would say. Fortunately, that day, and many days after that one, I decided to ditch the library at the research center as I slinked away for some ice cream. I hopped in Bubakar's car, and it immediately felt like I was in high school all over again. I was pulling out of the senior lot and getting caught up in the moment with this stranger sitting next to me. I was lost in the feeling of discovery and slow drives as we were in search of how to spend the rest of our day. Time. In that moment, I fully loved the concept of time, how fulfilling it made me feel in the most unexpected ways. Bubakar pulled into this empty parking lot and pointed to a dingy-looking shack that housed our ice cream. I decided to keep it safe and went for the Senegalese equivalent of cookies and cream in a rolled ice cream shape. He went for the flavors that reminded him of home, as he explained how he would come to this exact ice cream spot throughout his childhood. Bubakar reached out and gave me some fruit to try. Hilariously, he forgot to mention that there's a seed in this fruit, so you can't actually eat it and or swallow it. Apparently, you're only supposed to suck on it slowly and then spit it out quickly. 
But alas, I did not know this. So I started to bite the seed and felt its wet skin rub against my tongue. I looked at Bubakar strangely and said, oh, it's it's really good, but it's a, it's a bit tough to chew. Um, immediately he stopped speaking Wolof to our ice cream guy, laughed and then pointed at me. He shouted behind his laughter, no, you're not supposed to eat it. You just try it and then spit it out. Absolutely embarrassing. I spit the fruit out and thought to myself, damn. LMAO. I was genuinely eager to impress my hopeful friend, and I couldn't even eat fruit right. Good. I decidedly glared at Bubukar and then gradually joined him in his moment of joy. As our ice cream was being prepared, Bubukar asked me, have you ever had coconut water before? No, well, I mean, only in the States, out of a, out of a carton. Playfully, he shook his head in disgust. Classic American, I knew he was thinking. He pulled me over to the other side of the parking lot and started speaking to the man selling coconuts in Wolof. I thoroughly enjoyed how Bubakar would treat everyone he spoke to like long-lost friends, family even. I found it to be endearing and unusual. After he handed me the coconut, I sipped the water and took a moment to truly take it in. Mm. Intriguingly, it tasted thick yet thin, sweet and savory, filling as well as the equivalent of consuming nothing. <laughs> we sat on the edge of the cliff and looked out at the beach. I like how you can see an endless pool of blue on the beaches in Dakar. I like that Bubakar wanted to show me his home. I like that Bubakar told me that I could share anything with him. I like that he told me not to have barriers or to worry about what I'm about to say next. He assured me that he wasn't a sensitive guy or someone who anxiously thinks about every misplaced phrase or sentence. I really liked this about him. Three days later. In hindsight, I'm realizing how human it is for our bandwidth of tolerance to constantly fluctuate. And this is okay. Uncertainty, even in response to certainty, is okay. Perhaps the humblest act of being human is to acknowledge the nimbleness of the absolute. For instance, even when the girl I adore tells me that she really likes me and believes it to be true, these are the exact moments in which I'm most unsure if she's telling me the truth. Sometimes, certainty causes reasons for alarm, particularly if you're struggling with any rem remnants of childhood trauma. A bodily reaction may spark fight or flight, and in response, lead us perhaps towards something even more unknown. But if uncertainty is what scares us, then how do we know that we'll be safe when we get to what we are running towards and away from? I think I'm beginning to realize how in many instances, uncertainty helps us humans feel seemingly alive. Now the question becomes, is the need to feel alive our goal for existing? My brain. Timing in life is everything and nothing, funny and sad. Since living abroad, it's been easy to lose track of time. It can often either feel like time is going too slowly or time is moving too quickly. In many ways, I've had to readjust my relationship to time as I continue to throw myself into uncomfortable spaces, new relationships, and awkward moments sprinkled in with culture shock, language barriers, and everyday decisions. Hella The week before Bubakar told me that he couldn't be my friend, I had a childhood friend, Rebecca Ozer, nicknamed B. Dozer, visiting. Particularly throughout these last few weeks, it was truly grounding to look over and smile at my friend who has known many different sides of who I am and who I would like to become. I will forever remember laughing together at how simultaneously unsettling and comforting it can feel to watch each other change and grow. 
our moments together reminding me of a version of myself that felt confused about various aspects of themselves. I think that version of myself would be proud of our ability to accept Bubukar's hesitation to be our friend. However, I also know that part of myself can be triggered into old thought patterns and can easily fall into traps of loneliness rather quickly. But back to my original question about living, is, is the need to feel alive our goal for existing? My answer, I'm not sure. But I like how Bubakar always called himself a voyager in this life. A voyager uh, is defined as someone who travels on a long journey, especially by boat. Seemingly, whenever our conversations became too esoteric or too rooted in personal desires and worldly possessions, he explained how his time on this earth is truly limited. To Bubakar, as humans, we are currently only experiencing the trailer, patiently waiting for the real movie to begin. However, not only is my friend on a quest, he's in the middle of a test that he has an unwavering belief can and will determine his fate. I think this is my favorite quality about Bubakar, his unwavering belief in something. I've always found that quite difficult. Faith. Faith in a religious sense and just having faith on a day-to-day basis. Uh, in case you couldn't tell based on the last sentence above, currently I'm diagnosed with a major depressive disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, and I've been taking these beautiful, beautiful blue and orange pills every morning since the spring of 2021. Faith. What a wild concept. I love its ability to nurse complexity back to a space of acceptance. I love how my relationship to faith has grown incessantly since bringing the chemicals in my brain to a manageable balance. Intriguingly, I've found that it's somehow easier to believe in faith when you actually want to be here. Constantly, I'm in awe of how much Bubakar wants to be here and even there, there being the afterlife and here being the trailer before the movie. I will never take this for granted, how there was a point during his quest when he wanted to be here eating ice cream with me. Timing in life is everything and nothing, funny and sad. Current day. Two days before Ramadan ended and about nine days after starting to write this text, Bubagar called me. Hesitantly, I returned his call and waited for the voice on the other end of the phone to speak. Yo, L, I'm getting a haircut. What you doing? What do you want? I rolled my eyes and knew he could hear me smiling through the phone. Yo, don't be like that. Don't, don't treat me like I'm an asshole. You said you didn't want to be my friend anymore. You are a- No, you pushed me. I said that I needed more time to think. I wanted to decide after Ramadan. I just don't even understand you. So you do want to be my friend again? Hey, it's not that I didn't want to be your friend. I just- Listen, can I pick you up after my haircut? We can go for a little drive. We can talk. You're a fucking psycho. You know that, right? What? Okay, fine. I'll pick you up in 20. I will never truly understand Bubakar's system of living, and he will never truly accept mine. But I do know one thing for certain. My friendship with Bubakar gives me faith.